It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hi, everyone. Wait, where is my cake? Thank you very much. We need a celebratory cake, uh, preferably my fave strawberry shortcake, because you guys, this is the 50th episode of Everyone Talks to Liz. And you know what? For those of you who have been with me and my producer, Tanya Joseph, from the start, from our very first, which was the story of a guy named Khalil Rafati, who went from homeless heroin addict to self-made millionaire, I love you for taking the time I know that time is the rarest of commodities, and I just really appreciate you taking that time. And for all of you here now, today, all I ask is that you listen to and try to capture some of that inspiration from our 50 different guests, and more to come, by the way, and and maybe even apply some of the lessons that you learned to your own lives. Uh, Boy, have our lives changed from a year ago when the coronavirus did not infect every aspect of our lives or every conversation as it does now. And I can say this, I've seen it. Human behavior has changed. As so many of us have lost friends and family, I I don't know if you guys heard me say on TV, but one of our members of the Claim and Countdown team lost his father to the virus. One thing hundreds of thousands of Americans have actually gained is a rescue pet. Listen to this. The ASPCA president and CEO just reported a nearly 70, 70% increase year over year in the number of animals going to foster homes. So people are adopting cats and dogs at a never before seen pace. And by the way, for those of us who already had pets, I have our dog Rosie and my rescue cat Puss Puss. This really has strengthened the bond with our pets during the stay-at-home order. I want you to meet Brian Garish. He heads the nation's largest veterinary practice, and it's called Banfield Pet Hospital. Not only do I want you to hear his amazing story of how he climbed all the way up from stocking shelves and sweeping floors at Walgreens, he's now the Banfield's president, but how he's advocating for our furry friends and the vets taking care of them. Brian, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Well, thank you, Liz, and I'm excited to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. How are you? I mean, um, I'm quarantining with my cat and my dog and my family. What type of pets are, are keeping you company? Well, I have two cats. Their uh, names are Ashton and Kenji, <laughs> and they, they're just keeping me absolutely entertained. And it's been so fun just to have this camaraderie uh, with, 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 my, with my loved ones here. Can you name my next pet that I have? Because Puss Puss and Rosie aren't exactly creative. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though and but the love that they provide and the, and the companionship is what's important oh my gosh it's amazing it's so calming in so many ways you know uh, we're benefiting from our pets but pets are benefiting from their owners being home all the time but you know talk about this ASPCA stat people have rushed to adopt rescue pets during this coronavirus why what what is the behavioral trigger there Well, we've seen the human-animal bond only strengthen over the years, and the companionship that pets provide in our lives has just been just remarkable. And and when I think about staying at home and and what this means, it's about finding that companionship, and it really has just accentuated the love that pets provide us and that we provide to them. 
that, that human animal bond has never been stronger. I know, but um, to, it's a commitment to go to a shelter and say, I, I pick that one. I do it all the time. I mean, for almost every pet that I've ever had, we were always taught to rescue animals for sure and give them new homes. But you no, know, these are people, many of them who've never had a pet before. Is it that they just shelter in place and feel very alone and would like that type of companionship? We're seeing a lot of that in terms of companionship and that love, that unconditional love that pets provide is just so important. And it really teaches us in this time of sheltering in place how strong these connections are in general, whether it's with our pets, and you're seeing that with the adoption rate never being as high as it's ever been, and also with our connection with our families and our friends you know, via, via remote and Zoom calls and everything else. Connection and that, and that social impact has never been stronger. And I think for many, it's about how do we foster these relationships even, even deeper. And just pets have always played a special role. And I think it's just been an opportunity for us to understand how truly special pets are in our lives. They need us to be there. Uh, and look, cats are very self-sufficient, but dogs, it's like having a kid. You have to be there. You have to walk them. You have to feed them or at least have somebody do that. Are you worried that when the world returns to some form of what it used to be, that you might see animals returned or people thinking to themselves, wait, I, I didn't realize I'd have to have this kind of commitment. Well our, well, our goal is to make sure that pets remain with, with people and they not just play a strong role now, but they always will play a strong role. And when we get to go back to our offices and get back to whatever the new normal is, I know that we'll be there to take care of these pets, even, even, even the same way as we are now. I want to talk about you and your story, which is to me one of the, such inspiration. And that's what we Thank do you. for Everyone Talks to Liz. But you, know, you began sweeping floors and stocking shelves at Walgreens. Yes. Talk about your childhood and your life. Yeah. So those, without question, the best experience I've ever had in my life. And going through that adversity has has really shaped me into the leader I am today. Um, but when I think about my my childhood, so I, I grew up 45 minutes outside of Chicago. A big Chicago fan in terms of sports. Always played <laughs> sports. I was very competitive and. And any waking moment is always outside with friends and you know, playing basketball, tennis, or, or baseball. And then I eventually moved to Indianapolis and spent most of my life there. And that competition from my early age in sports to really falling in love with business. Um, I remember it was like, I was like 11 years old, started off with a paper route, had that for about four years. I ended up working at a baseball card shop. And when they sold the, the, the store, I ended up working at Walgreens. And I had no idea at the time I was 16 that socking shelves, sweeping floors, mopping bathrooms, cashiering would really change my life. I, I initially, when I finished high school, I, I went, I started college and I ended up dropping out. And it was really the first time in my life I was scared. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I learned a few lessons at Walgreens, three big lessons at my time. Uh, eventually went back to school and finished my degree. But when I reflected on that time, the first thing that I learned, I remember being 16, 17, and 18, and I learned the power of inclusion. When leaders would ask, you know, your, my opinion or our store's opinion, like all the, all the employees in the store, our opinion, how that made us feel. Inclusion, uh. real, inclusion really was a growth strategy. And you get to see when people are part of the conversation, how engaging that is, and how the buy-in truly 
uh, improved. I also saw the, the opposite side of that. When you don't ask for buying and you just make decisions and how that really impacted people's lives. And the decisions that every business makes impacts all of their people's lives. And I got to see and experience that firsthand. The second thing I learned when I, when I dropped out of school initially was I, didn't, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. I had no idea, but I had an advocate. I had a mentor and someone who really took me under his wing. So I learned the power of people development and mentorship. I want to always give back and help people because someone took a role, an active role in helping me and providing that opportunity for me. And that led me to becoming assistant manager, eventually a store manager. I eventually finished my degree. And while I was doing that, I just looked at it and reflected on my time at Walgreens. The third lesson I learned was the power of culture. No matter what your role is, you are a leader. And as a leader, you have the responsibility to take care of your people and to provide the right environment. And in seeing a culture that thrives, you got to see engagement flourish. You got to see people want to be part of something bigger. And they really connected with a purpose. Conversely, when you saw someone who didn't create the right culture, guess what? You saw the negative impact. And at the end of the day, when you negatively are impacting people, it impacts their personal lives. And you don't get the right outcomes, whether it's for people or for business. So those three lessons... Uh, inclusion as a growth strategy, letting people's voices be heard, the power of people development and mentorship, and finally culture matters has shaped me to be the leader I am today. And that's what I really focus in on at Banfield right now. I like uh, the part about inclusion. First of all, why wouldn't a business leader go directly to the source versus all these layers of management? You know, I don't know if they still do it, but in the, in the past, UPS would only pick CEOs who had begun as drivers, as mm. delivery drivers, because they know, they know the on-the-ground situation, and they know the trials and tribulations and what could be improved. You've got to ask the people on the lower ranks, because they're the ones who have experienced all of this. So I just think that, listen, if, if, if people have to, you know, press and right now they, they've just learned so much from you but there's oh, thank you here you know when i think about how you made this eventual transition to being president of this massive organization with a mm-hmm. thousand different veterinary businesses you know that's amazing a hospital a teaching hospital in mexico city mm-hmm. wow uh, how do you how do you go from being a store manager at Walgreens and then you, you got your degree eventually to yes. Banfield? Yeah. So I was in, in the Indianapolis market and I, I just took advantage of every opportunity. I was always the first person to raise my hand to say, what more can I do? And when I think also about taking advantage of the opportunities, it was always saying yes. It was never saying no, because no one wants to hear what you can't do for them. They only want to know what you can do. So by saying yes, really staying grounded in where I came from and, and always connecting to the person closest to the, to the consumer was always my priority. I kind of just call that like listening at scale. Like how do you always listen to people to understand the stated and unstated concerns? And then finally, that meant that people development mentorship uh, was, was, was always important. So I've had so many mentors throughout my life that I'm very thankful for. And 
I would always try to find leaders that were above me in different positions and learn from them, pick their brain, understand what made them tick and, and how they were successful. And, and, and they're, continue, they're continuing to create the environment on how to learn and always focused on taking care of people so I can deliver the best results was just really at my forefront and always saying yes. So I've been able to bounce around the country with uh, different jobs with, um, in leadership roles to make a big impact. I've been fortunate for that. Did you run into stumbling blocks? Oh, gosh, all the time. Um, I, I think for me, well, the best thing about failing or the stumbling blocks were quickly identifying that it, it wasn't the right outcome or it didn't have the right impact, asking myself the question of what did I learn and what would I do differently, and then putting it behind me. At the end of the day, it's about taking care of people. And so people want that leadership. They're starving for transparent authentic, compassionate leadership. And if you focus on the past and dwelling on what didn't happen, then you're going to let your people down. So it kind of goes back to that culture. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listen Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's talk about the veterinary business right now. Yes. How are you implementing different protocols for your 1,000 different um, businesses there? Yes, I, I think it goes back to that listening at scale, uh, creating the conditions in which you can talk with people is so important. So when you have as many hospitals across the United States and as many associates that we have, mm-hmm. you have to create the conditions to listen to people, which really turns into that empowerment. So being empowered is about allowing our local leaders and hospitals to make the decisions that's best for themselves and the pets and the clients. So throughout this crisis, our focus has been on keeping our associates safe, keeping them working, and making sure that, we are, that we're connected to that essential business that we are and truly making a better world for pets. We know that during this crisis, pets are still going to need care. And we have the responsibility to take care of these pets, whether that's a curbside check-in mm-hmm. or uh, even using like telemedicine uh, and through our virtual chats to talk with our, our, our clients. Brian, I'm looking on the CDC website and they talk about COVID-19 and animals. And they basically say, we do not know the exact source of the current outbreak, but we know that it originally came from an animal source. Well, a lot of that is changing right now, but who the hell knows, right? I mean, we're still here, but we know it came somehow, some way through out of China. But we've also seen in New York State two pet cats, two house cats, individual of each other, uh, test positive, and some tigers. 
and other animals at the Bronx Zoo have tested positive. What can you tell our listeners about pets contracting this? How would a, how would a house cat have gotten this? Yeah, I, I still think we're, we're still learning about how this is being um, transmitted. And we know as of right now that we have no evidence that suggests that our pets can transmit COVID to us. Mm-hmm. When I think about these stories that are coming out, what we've been talking about at Banfield and talking with our associates across our practice has been around what we stand for as a, as a, as a practice. And that is preventive medicine. We really believe in, in prevention and really taking care of pets on that annual and a daily basis. And we know that there's so much to, to prevention, or, and even on the human side, and how important that is, and we're seeing that, that the conversation shift that way. So we're really just trying to rally our associates on staying grounded in our purpose on how preventive medicine really is a gatekeeper to keep our, our, our pets taken care of so we can keep that love uh, you know, going with our pets. My, um, my concern has never been what a lot of people have been worried about in the past and that, oh, you can catch something from your animals. But you're saying that you have not, at least in your world, and you're knee deep and elbow deep in this, uh, seen any kind of animal to human transmission when it comes to house pets. Correct. Yeah. There's no evidence that we've seen yet that suggests that it happens. Tell me about what you've learned about the actual business itself, I can tell you, I know because I'm a business journalist, this has become a multi-billion dollar business, pet care. People will forego all kinds of things before they will forego taking care of their animals. They treat them like members of the family as well they should, in my opinion. But I just would never skimp on that kind of thing. I mean, animal food sales are skyrocketing. What are the trends you're seeing that are really catching on? Oh, we're seeing so many trends. And it started almost how we started our conversation with just that, that human-animal bond. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic seeing how uh, people are celebrating pets' birthdays. Um, <laughs> the, the, it's, it's like fantastic. Ashton and Kenji had a birthday a, a couple months ago, and we had a big party for them. <laughs> it was a big hit on Instagram, <laughs> by the way. But it, it's, 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 they're, they're part of our lives. It's, it, it's not separate. They are part of the family. And what we're seeing is a grow, the, the growth in pet ownership has been increasing even pre-COVID. And there's, no, there's nothing that suggests it's going to stop. And what we're seeing with millennials and, and Generation Z is that the, the pet ownership at an earlier age has been playing a strong role. And, and you're seeing that translate into celebrating birthdays, ensuring that we're getting the right information. We're using technology to, to take care of pets as well. And, you know, what, and, and, and keeping them safe and active and, and just, and just really spending that quality time on making sure that their quality of life is just as good as ours. Can you um, use technology to convince my teenagers to take the dog and the cat and, and out for walks without me having to ask. (laughs) We have to turn it into a game for you somehow. (laughs) Yeah, please. Talk about how you plan to grow this business in the future. Uh, It doesn't sound like you're somebody who sees walls or you see mountains in front of you that stand in your way. No, it's, it's, it's always about seeing opportunities and understanding what, where we can go. When, when I think back on some of the earlier topics I talked about around 
around inclusion as a growth strategy and taking care of people, mm-hmm. we are really looking at the strategic direction of our organization has to come from the voice of our associates in the hospital. So that requires us to really talk with our people and create the conditions in which we can, we can listen and learn. So I would say when I look at the future of Banfield, it's really divided up into a couple buckets. It's really around how do we continue to take care of our people? We are all inspired by making a better world for pets. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to do that, we've got to make a better world for our associates. So when we think about Banfield, it's really been around pet health and societal well-being, that intersection. That intersection is so important that we look at what are the big issues in society, how are those issues impacting our industry, and what's our responsibility to the associate, the pet, or the client. And through this, over the, over the years, we've really been focused on taking care of our people. And I'll just give you a quick example. When I think about societal issues, one of the big issues in society is student debt. And it's depending on the, the statistic that you look at, it could be up to $1.6 trillion of student debt. Well, the veterinarian, has, the veterinarian has the highest student debt to income ratio of any, of any profession out there. And so it's a societal issue. And it impacts our industry. And what is our role as a business is to take care of our people. So we, we are one of 4% of uh, companies that, that have a student debt repayment program. And, and so it's, it's things around creating the culture around inclusion and diversity, making sure that we, we, we work the way we live. We have belonging. So who we are at home is who we are at work. It's providing the right um, environment around safety, around health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And it's really engaging with our consumer and understanding what is the consumer now, and especially in this world, how is the behavior going to change? And how do we make sure that we make it just as easy to take care of their needs and their pets' needs? So it's really creating that strong digital footprint on where we want to go and how we want to develop the business. And the final thing I'll say on that is whether it's our people or whether it's the consumer, it's about shifting from an age of standardization where everything has to be the same for everyone to an age of personalization, taking the time to see our people for who they are and understanding what makes them tick and Seeing the consumer for who they are and what they want and what they need is really important. And that, that allows us to personalize our services, which can grow our business. Then. Yeah, it's called uh, Generation C for customize. And that goes for employees, I hear you say, and, and clients. I think that's fantastic. And, man, I got to tell you, props to you and the company for working toward helping people eliminate that student debt. You don't want to discourage people from getting a higher education because they then become indentured servants paying off debt the rest of their lives. Bravo to you. You need, you need national attention for that, in my opinion. Uh, I I know some people. We got to (laughs) get, maybe you can help us with that. (laughs) Brian, I'll end with this. I'd love for you to tell our viewers what they should do if they're listening right now, feeling lost and alone, frightened during this time and worried about either having lost their job or losing their job. What would you say to them? Well, it's, this, is, this crisis is something like any of us have ever, never experienced because it's personal to all of us and, and we've all been impacted on this. I think it, what's been so important for, you know, for myself, one of the big things I've, I've taken away from this is the power of just connecting with people. It has never been more important. As we shelter in place, it's important that we really reflect on what, not just what's important in our lives, but 
who is important in our lives. And those relationships can, can always be strengthened and they, and those relationships will lead to greater opportunities. So it's about staying optimistic. It's about thinking about the future, but really continuing to build and foster those relationships is going to be important because that's going to open the door and that's going to give us that hope. And, and it's going to be that North star to keep moving forward and we will rebound and we will be better and we will learn a lot, but we will be better for this. And we have, we have no choice but to make ourselves better. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of rain, but I always say to my listeners, you know what comes after rain? A rainbow. That's right. right. Brian, great to have you and to hear your story and to get your expertise on animals and rescue pets and what's going on with coronavirus and the animal world. Brian Garish of Banfield, thank you so, so much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Those are the kind of stories, you guys, that we have brought you for an entire 50 episodes. We're coming up on a year anniversary soon. I can't believe it. It started as an idea where I said, I I want to, like what Brian just said, I want to do more, not less. I do my show every day. It takes up an inordinate amount of time. And I just saw that podcasts were the way of the future, but there were so many. And I said, no, I want to do something Different. I don't just want to bring in business people. I needed a bar to be set, and every guest has hit it and jumped over it. And that is having gone through difficult times and scaling mountains and getting pushed down and failing and getting up again, they have found great success. Please listen to all of them. You guys will learn so much and you will be so inspired. And uh, there are so many more to come. In the meantime, you can always catch me on television Monday through Friday on the Fox Business Network for the Clayman Countdown. It's great to have you guys tuning in. Hang in there. I know times are tough for so many of you. We're here. Have a great day. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.